from movies, TV, entertainment, and sometimes science, you name it, if it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And tonight's main event is Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origin Nerd Out. I am your host, Austin, and with me, as always, is the amazing Amanda. Hey! The wild, yet elusive Jekka. What's shaking, Bacon? And Bird, Brady Bird. Hey folks, thanks so much for joining us. Obviously we're talking Snake Eyes a little later, but we're, we've got a lot to talk about, because guess what? Comic-Con happened, so we got a lot of trailers to go over to include the new trailer for Dune. It's also been described as the definitive movie and TV adaption of the Dune book. We're also going to be talking Michael B. Jordan making a black Superman Val Zod project with HBO Max. And guess what? Amazon Studios is going to be making a whole lot of Lord of the Rings content as they just secured the rights to J.R.R. Tolkien's Silmarillion and the unfinished tales of Numenor and Middle-earth and a whole lot more. So make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button we would love to nerd out with you each and every week. And if you've already hit that podcast subscribe button, you know what I'm going to say. Plus 10 Nerd XP to you. Nerd XP. We love you guys. And for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can start earning Nerd XP. Nerd XP. But in the meantime, Jekka, what's nerdy with you? Um, So Nintendo adapted Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword for the Switch. And I got it. Nice. And I've started playing it. I'm not very far into it. Zelda just barely got kidnapped. I got to go do pretty much the first temple. Yeah. That's as far as I've gotten, but I've just been busy helping my folks around their house. So, but I'm, I'm super stoked to have another Zelda game to go do. The important question is, do you have your own console now? (laughs) I have my own console now. No more sharing. It's really funny. Because so I had pre-ordered Skyward Sword like way back um, in May when they first like when I first found out about it. And then it came right the day it was supposed to be released. And my sister had pre-ordered it, but her copy wasn't coming till later. So she actually started playing it on my console before I did. <laughs> she was like, I'm going to play Skyward Sword. I'm like, wait, nice. I need to play that. She's like, I'm playing it. And she just plopped down and started playing it on my that's console. Funny. So I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> That's funny. Brady, what's nerdy with you? You know, one day I'm going to have something really nerdy to put on. I camped out with a bunch of nerds. We okay. uh, went camping with the Boy Scouts. We Here in Texas, it was 95 degrees and humid in the shade. Um, and it was the temperatures were absolutely miserable. I drank two and a half gallons of water on Saturday. Good job. Um, Good job. And just, yeah, it was brutal. I have over 200 bites on my body because – Rather than set up a tent, I just threw my cot in the back of the truck, and yeah, that the, the bugs. Most of these are spider bites, um, but some of them are fly bites or uh, mosquito bites. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty rough. And then I finished a, I finished a book I've been reading. Um, actually, while I was out there when I couldn't sleep, um, I was reading a book. I don't know if you ever heard of Bass Reeves. Do you know who that is? I have not. So Bass Reeves is who it is. Um, people think that the Lone Ranger is based on Bass Reeves. Um, but for the era of the Lone Ranger to come out, they could very well use Bass Reeves because Bass Reeves was born a slave. 
Um, and then he was emancipated and then went to build a very successful life. He was the first black um, United States Marshal right on the edge of Indian Territory in uh, western um, Western uh, Arkansas and eastern Oklahoma and northern Texas right along the Red River. Okay. Uh, I think the uh, last of his life is in Paris, Texas, right up there. Anyway, the guy was – phenomenal and a lot of this i can see how the lone ranger would have been based on him because he used a lot of disguises and and um deception to to serve these warrants and he was one of the most successful um lawmen out there it was a really interesting story and it's on kindle unlimited if you just look up bass reeves there's a bunch of stuff i'm sure you can't go wrong but yeah very interesting guy very interesting and uh i would highly recommend it easy read too that's cool cool that's All right. You're... Speaking of reading, speaking of reading, our next Bob's Book Club book is Foundation by Isaac Asimov. And here's a little here's a little tease of what that book is. If you guys listening to us want to read it with us, because we've decided that uh, when the Apple TV Plus TV show comes out, we're going to do our Bob's Book Club uh, during the season finale. So we're going to kind of cover both at the same time. So Foundation. For 12,000 years, the Galactic Empire has ruled supreme. Now it is dying. But only uh, Hari Seldon, creator of the revolutionary science of psychohistory, can see into the future to a dark age of ignorance, barbarism, and warfare that will last 30,000 years to preserve knowledge and save humankind. (coughs) Excuse me. Selden gathers the best minds in the Empire, both scientists and scholars, and brings them to a bleak planet at the edge of the galaxy to serve as a beacon of hope for future generations. He calls his sanctuary the Foundation. So make sure to read that with us. It'll be pretty cool. Jack has already started it, apparently. I finished it. Oh, you finished it? Oh. Yes, I finished it. That's why I can't read it right now, because I, I, I need to read it close to when we actually review it same here <laughs> yeah i well i listened to the audiobook because I, w- I was doing a lot of driving and i'm the audiobook was not as the reader was not as entertaining or I wasn't, uh, as uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't catching my attention as much as i wanted to so i'll probably like before we talk about the book i'm gonna like get the ebook or like rent, I, rent it some way and then like kind of just skim through it refresh my memory kind of thing so should i read it out loud and record it so you can have <laughs> someone interesting reading it that would yes please like i was like oh this seems like a really good story i'm just like the reader is just not holding mm. my attention yeah. so it wasn't uh what's his name from uh Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. There we go. It was yeah, not, it was but, not Will Wheaton or Jim yeah. Dale. But yeah. in addition to this, I got something nerdy. I've been watching Masters of the Universe. It just came out on Netflix. I'm th- I'm three out of five episodes into it, and I'm loving this thing. It's awesome. It did. It definitely takes it in a new direction that I did not. Ex- I did not see coming. Uh, but it's not bad, um, and it's still pretty dang cool. I started episode one, but I was really tired, oh, so, I, yeah. I, so I went to bed. But I plan on finishing that up. The opening to episode one is phenomenal. Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. He, he started it, and I was in the middle of a project, which he had been complaining about for me to do. Whoopsie. <laughs> Yeah, you just don't want to hear this. You don't want them to hear this. Yeah, time to start the nerd news. So he was complaining about 
dinner or something. And so I was working on trying to do what he wanted me to do. And he comes over and he's stop everything. Yeah. And he makes me go and watch the intro. He says, we should do this for like movie night. Yeah, on the big screen. No. Yeah, what? No. No, incorrect answer. Anyways, let's talk some nerd news. We got a lot to cover. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Ooh. And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, a new trailer for Dune has been released, and it looks awesome. Warner Brothers has released a new trailer for Dune, and whoa! If you thought the first trailer for Dennis Villeneuve's Dune was good, wait until you watch this new one. The film is the latest adaption of the 1965 sci-fi novel written by Frank Herbert, and his son, Brian Herbert, has previously said that this is a really big movie, a major project that will forever be considered the definitive adaption of Frank Herbert's classic novel, end quote. This movie, it's going to deliver everything we've been hoping to see for this new adaption. I really hope it's a success because if it is, we'll be getting a sequel. And the sequel's already being planned because I guess they're only taking the book and like they're doing like half of it. But Warner Brothers is describing Dune as, quote, a mythic and emotionally charged hero's journey. Dune tells the story of Paul Atreides, a brilliant and gifted young man born into a great destiny beyond his understanding, who must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people uh, as uh, a malevolent uh, force explodes explodes into conflict over the planet's exclusive supply of the most precious resource in existence, a commodity capable of unlocking humanity's greatest potential. Only those who can conquer their fear will survive. Dune will finally open in theaters and on HBO Max October 21st. So let's take a listen to that trailer and talk about it afterwards. My planet Arrakis is so beautiful when the sun is low. Rolling over the sands, you can see spice in the air. The outsiders ravage our lands in front of our eyes. Their cruelty to my people is all I've known. What's to become of our world? A boy. <laughs> Duncan, can I trust you with something? Yes, always. You know that. I've been having dreams about a girl on Arrakis. I don't know what it means. Dreams make good stories. But everything important happens when we're awake. Hey, you. Put on some muscle? I did? No. <laughs> We are House Atreides. There is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. Smile, Gurney. I am smiling. The Emperor asks us to bring peace to Arrakis. House Atreides accepts! I know you. There's only a way in my mind. You need to face your fears. Come with me. You need to be ready. You never met Harkin as 
before. They're not human, they're brutal. The Duke's son sees too much. This is I June. Kill them all. God in heaven. Get everything with guns off the ground! Go! This is an extermination. They're picking my family off one by one. Let's fight like demons. Dad, what if I'm not the future of House Atreides? A great man doesn't seek to lead. He's called to it. But if your answer is no, you'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. My son. If anything happens, will you protect Paul with my life? Only together can we stand a chance. excited like so last year i read dune to prepare for this movie and i was furious that i got pushed back <laughs> a whole year because of COVID. Like, not a few months not till like next summer but like almost a whole year and i was so mad but oh i am so excited i am curious like if they are kind of taking the book and splitting it into two parts, I am kind of I kind of have an idea of where they might split it. Because mm-hmm. the book itself has a very good yes like splitting point in it, yeah. where it would be easy to kind of like do the first movie this part and then the second movie with this part. That being said, um, this they better like I don't care how well Dune does in the theater, they got to <laughs> do the second part because the second part is so good. Yes, such intense parts yes. in it, like. They gotta do the sequel. They gotta do the second yeah, half do. of the book because, oh, are you? As, are you go <laughs> ahead. I was gonna say, are you worried that it's coming to theaters and HBO Max because, uh, you know the the movie uh, Black Widow seems to like kind of tanked off quite a bit the second weekend because of uh, Disney Plus premiere. Oh, that's I, that's the only, that's the only thing I'm kind of worried about is that so I'm not make as, much money. as worried for Dune. Um, so Disney, I think, I'll even released the the subscription numbers for premiere access on Black Widow. I don't think Black Widow is going to have the staying power that Dune is going to have. Well, let's hope yeah, so. I well, and I'm like, I mean. When Dune is released, I'm going to be in grad school, but I'm like, I want to go see that in theater no matter how much it will cost me being out in California. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to see in theaters. Like, I will find the closest theater that's showing it and go see it. But then, yeah, I'm excited that it's on HBO Max as well because then it's like, I can watch it again. <laughs> so I, I think part of the difference is Black Widow was another Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which we know those are pretty solid movies, but it is another Marvel movie. Yeah, and Dune, like, I, it was one of those things, like, I'll say this, like, with Dune, 
Um, I didn't realize like it has a good fan base because like mm-hmm. I only read I read Dune probably because like I was intrigued with the first trailer that came out last year. And then my friend at work, he was like, no, those book series are way good. So he loaned me his copy of Dune and I read it. And then I also went and read um, the second one, oh, which wow. is uh, Dune Messiah. And let me, oh, that one's really mm. good. I really <laughs> like Dune Messiah. That was dang good. All right. So Brady's been trying to talk for a while and I just, <laughs> inter- and I just interrupted him to introduce him. <laughs> What were you going to say, Brady? <laughs> no, I was going to say, Jekka and I were talking before the show that I have an Audible credit to spend. And since I've never uh, read Dune, I'm going – my only exposure is that old movie Dune, which yes. when I watched it, I yeah, kind of fell asleep. I, I, I watched yeah. that after I finished the book and because yeah. <laughs> I wanted to – So no. I think I'm going to be doing that. But I think one thing I want to tell the audience, anybody who's listening, uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't miss, mention this go watch this trailer because not only will it hype you up to watch because this is going to be an epic. And, you know, we were talking about yeah. um, Marvel versus this. I think, you know, when you see an epic on, the, you got to see it on the big screen. If yes. You, can. Yes. you know, depending on how the numbers are going to be doing, I may watch it at home, but if, if I can get to the theater to see this, I'm going to do it. But the, the cast, some of the cast members in this movie, I mean, you've got Jason Momoa, Dave Bautista, Stellan Skarsgård, Os, Oscar Isaac, yeah. Javier Bardem, uh, Josh Brolin. I mean, you've got some. And you have Zendaya. Zendaya. Yeah. Who's Zendaya. Very yeah. Yeah, MJ in the Spider-Man. Yeah, the power. Spider-Man's, yeah. The only power reason I didn't mention her is because I didn't know how to pronounce it. So. <laughs> you didn't want to sound like me. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I just go for it. I'm like, yeah. Just- yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. Uh, Dude. Thanks, thanks to Comic-Con, the trailer for the final season of The Walking Dead has been released. Don't That's- you mean like the first episode? Because it felt that long. The Walking Dead is headed back to AMC for a final season. And it looks like they're coming back with a vengeance. The trailer for the 11th season has been released and is giving fans major early season vibes. While we are introduced to another group of enemies, as has been the formula over the past several seasons, a show seems to have a fast-paced feeling and urgency that's been absent for the last few cycles. It seems that Maggie has found a way to press forward in the group alongside Negan, not without some hostility that may end up in a showdown, but they are moving forward in the beginning of the season. The new threat, it looks like they're kind of out of a horror movie, so that'll be fun to unpack, and it looks like our characters are back in a fight mode after having been beaten down for so long. So let's take a listen to that and talk about it afterwards. What is it? Bad memories. Of what? Alexandria's our home. What we have, it's rare. If we live, we live for them. We gotta get through this together. If we die, we die for them. I don't leave anybody behind. Not ever. Do you want to talk about it? We need to start thinking about other options. Alexandria needs us. It's everything we have. 
You're leaving to fight ghosts. This is a path you don't want to go down. I've done worse. These people, they won't stop. That is what's out there. Don't be scared. I'm not. God isn't here anymore. This is a death march. And you are the damn Pied Piper. The paranoid. But I'm right. I lost something. And I don't think it's a bad thing that I did. I did what needed to be done. You destroyed everything that we built. this works is if we trust each other so what do you say if you say trust him i'll trust him the woman who left was not the one standing here now so keep pushing me you please I see you forgot that little part, Brady. Yeah, I forgot about the, the flashback <laughs> to Woodbury. Um, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit negative about it and a little bit positive. So looking at this trailer, any of those lines that you hear in that trailer could have come from any season of Walking Dead. It's Ooh. This has always been a very much a rinse and repeat. We have heard those lines from those people. Every season trailer, every season preview, whatever, right? Um, the first three seasons of Walking Dead were really phenomenal, and I think the general consensus is that it kind of fell off, and that's why they switched showrunners, you know, at, at one point. And you know, it's long past time for this to draw to a conclusion. That being said, this trailer actually looks really good. I went and caught back up on The Walking Dead through season nine a while back, and uh, and, you know, it doesn't have the punch that it had, mm-hmm. you know, and part of that is because of the rinse repeat nature of the story. Part of that is because television in general, because we forget the walking dead was really a pioneer in that golden age when we had a yeah. lot of really good dark dramas coming on and it's held on, but the, the stuff around it is elevated so much. Um, True. I'm going to go back and catch up and watch this because I want to find out how Maggie, can work with Negan after, after Negan killed, you know, the love of her life and the father of her child. Right. You know, very, very interesting. I I don't know how they're going to draw that line, but I I'm curious And the production quality on this looks really good. It does look a lot darker. Uh, It looks more action packed and, you know, maybe everything's going to kind of erupt in this last season and I'll go watch it. The The, the, uh, the the trailer looks good. The previous seasons, they're still on Netflix, right? I believe I think, so. I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. How so I, I want to get caught back up. Well, this is How the many... this is the eleventh uh, and final season, wow. but there's spinoffs 
and there's going to be a movie coming out too supposedly oh, wow. so so the uh the walking dead tv show is coming to an end but uh the walking dead universe lives on but let's move on ourselves <laughs> The first trailer for Doctor Who season 13 has been released. Showrunner of Doctor Who, Chris Chibnall, alongside Jodie Whittaker, uh, Mandit Gill, and Josh John Bishop revealed some new details, including a trailer and photos for the upcoming season of Doctor Who at Comic-Con. The new trailer for season 13 of the series, uh, starring Jodie Whittaker as the 13th Doctor, shows her companions, Amanda Gill returning as Yaz, and the newly joined companion, uh, John Bishop, as the character Dan. The characters are teased in new locations along with being in seamlessly uh, intense situations for the season 13 storyline. The trailer also gives us our first look at the newest revealed cast member, Jacob Anderson, who played Grey Worm in Game of Thrones. Anderson will play Vinder in Doctor Who, a character who Chipnell says he makes you root for him. And he breaks your heart. He's got the whole range, end quote. Uh, Chibnall did share that season 13 will be more different than previous seasons he's done because it will be all one story, saying every episode is a chapter in a bigger story. It's definitely the most ambitious thing we've done since we've been on the series, end quote. He's also hinted that familiar monsters will be returning in the upcoming seasons. No release date was revealed but it still has a 2021 premiere window. So obviously it's going to get in maybe just under the wire, but let's take a listen to the trailer and discuss. That's it. <laughs> so I love Jodie Whittaker as the doctor. I love her enthusiasm. For me, she just feels like the doctor. I feel a butt coming and in. I love her. I just wish they had better writers. Amen to that. <laughs> she she deserves well, a better but what, writer. But what do you think about what do you think of as good because yeah. of what the writers like but, the writers you But they're trying something new now. Yeah. They can try something new. I just they've had You don't think they got the talent? They've (laughs) had two seasons. And they went from one season where they didn't do well, and they're like, oh well, we'll change things up and screw it up even more. But but what do you think? Like, well, hey, when they say, oh, this is like, let's see, what was it? The most ambitious thing we've done since we've been on this series. They completely ruined the continuity of Doctor Who. How more ambitious can you be than that? But what what do you think of them doing one story for the entire season? They're just building. In, in all honesty, I was like, um, Doctor Who season six was pretty much that. 
Well, but there, this since this writer has been on this since series, the showrunner, yeah, for the last three yeah. Seasons. So I'm, I'm hoping I'm like, okay, I hope he like went and watched season so, six. So which which one was season six again? I don't remember. So season six is when you find out the history of River Song. Oh yes, and it's with Amy and Rory Pond. Yeah, I love how that. Yeah, those are those, that, yes. that season six is one where, for those of you who want to tackle Doctor Who, when you get to season six, just be aware every episode is important, and you don't realize it until you're in that mid-season finale. And it just like that's what amazed me about season six. It just ties everything together, and you're like, "Holy oh, cow!" Did not see that coming. So let me put yeah. it this way: if you're a gymnast. You you want to make the most solid performance you can. If you are falling in basic performances, you don't go, well, I'm just going to try for a harder one because, you know, it, it'll be more ambitious. If you are falling over doing a basic cartwheel, you should probably try and work on that cartwheel instead of being more ambitious. That's That's what I got to say. I'm 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 curious. I want to see where this is gonna go because it's Jodie Whittaker's final season, as is expected. Yeah. The Rockers typically have three seasons, so I I want to see what happens. Like I, I will, hope they'll be. I hope they learned from their mistakes from the previous two. I, really I will so. watch it for Jodie Whittaker because yes. I love her as the Doctor, and I like her companions so far. Yeah, her companions have been fabulous. Yeah. I'm just. I'm just everyone's been cringing, <laughs> just waiting for what they're going to put them through and what storyline they're going to do. Well, well, I hope it's I hope it's good. We all hope it's good, but so far it's been sucking. Knock it <laughs> off, Chipnall. Anyway, let's move on. A new trailer for Star Trek Lower Deck season two has been released. During the virtual Star Trek Universe panel at Comic Con, a trailer was released for the second season of the funny Star Trek animated comedy Star Trek Lower Deck season two. The series is set in 2380. And it centers around the support crew serving on one of Starfleet's least important ships, the USS Cerritos. Almost looks like Doritos. <laughs> Anyways, Ensign Mariner, Boilmer, uh, Rutherford, and Tendi have been uh, have to keep up with their duties and their social life, often while the ship is being rocked by a multitude of sci-fi anomalies. Uh, season two will pick up with Ensign Boilmer aboard the USS Titan as captain by William Riker. With his old compatriots, Ensign Mariner, Rutherford, and Tendi, toil away on the far less glamorous USS Cerritos. The new season comes to Paramount Plus August 12th. Looks pretty good. Computer ramming speed! Wow, would you look at that? A view like this makes you realize it doesn't matter what deck you work on. We're all in it together. And they left us. They left us. How much oxygen do we have? A lot? A little? Ballpark? Good morning, Serena! All right! Ha! Lieutenant Kayshawn, welcome to the Cerritos. Rapunky, when he joined the Seven. <laughs> Computer, ramming speed! This could be your year to get promoted. That what it takes? Yes! Okie dokie! Only thing missing is Boimler. Think of all the fun adventures he's going on. Oh, God. Get him out of there. I know we may not look like a lot, but when it comes to a fight, us Starfleet officers are trained to throw down at... Let it go! Teddy, run! Who am 
among us hasn't been pooped out by an alien creature, it is not... Don't touch me! Oh, crap, it's the evil computer. Friend, I'm worried about you. My scans indicate you could lose a couple pounds. Excuse me? Our ship might not be the biggest... Ah! Oh, sh And we might do the missions nobody else wants. Come on, you've been in tougher spots than this. Thanks, Tom Paris. I am a little worried about the fumes in here, though. You know, since you're talking to a plate. <laughs> but we are still Starfleet. If only we had special powers. We do. Maybe not here, but here. Our skin. Our brains. brains. Our, it's our right. brains. Brains are inside of our skin. <laughs> There's a team waiting to take me to the brig, isn't there? Oh, you know me so well. Love you, Mom. Love you, too. Never disobey me again. I do what I want. You can't not love <laughs> Lower Decks. It is... I, I was... I actually laughed out loud when he was getting beamed up, screaming like a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I didn't realize they were going to have uh, uh, have uh, what's Jonathan it, uh, Riker? Yeah, yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. yeah, he's actually he's actually coming back. Yeah, I I mean, what can you say about this? It's just great. It's 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 good comedy. It is really good comedy. So I I've, I figured out where the USS Cerritos comes from. What's that? It comes from, they were at a meeting and someone had a bag of Cheetos and someone had a bag of Doritos. Uh, I was thinking they had Cheetos. Oh, I'm just thinking that's how it had to have happened. Because <laughs> every time I see it, that's what I think of. Those little beautifully fried cinnamon sugary <laughs> snacks that you can get. That's, that's exactly what I think of. But. <laughs> I just, I, I'm so excited for Lower Decks to be coming out. And I'm just like, eee! When is it coming out again? August 12th? August 12th. Oh, maybe we need to talk that for our podcast calendar, too. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot to fit in there. I, I gotta yeah. now. I, I've only seen, like, the first two episodes. No, first three episodes of season yeah. one. It's fun. You should watch well, I'm pretty sure it's two. Let's get all we can in before they shut us down again for... No, 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 don't be talking about no quarantines. Don't be talking about no quarantines. So let's move on. None of that. None of that. Amazon Prime has announced a release date and revealed the first teaser poster for the Wheel of Time TV series. So Amazon Prime recently announced that its upcoming fantasy series, The Wheel of Time, will debut November 2021. A poster is also shared... Uh, was also shared, and it features uh, Rosamund Pike in the role of... Moraine. Moraine. I was going to pronounce that 100% correctly without your help, Amanda. <laughs> you highlighted it. I assumed you wanted help. The series is based on Robert Jordan's fantasy novel, the story of which is set in a high fantasy world where magic exists, but only certain women are allowed to access it. The story follows Moraine a member of magical, shadowy, and influential all-female organization who leads five young people on a journey around the world, one of whom is prophesied to be the Dragon Reborn, a powerful individual who will either save humanity or destroy it. That is such a bad description. That is such a terrible description of the Wheel of Time. 
Well, maybe that's okay, what so the- I, I, feel like, I feel like that was just the synopsis from the back of book one. <laughs> it's not. It's what not. That? Like, it's not even close to, like... Uh, Amanda's going to hate this TV show. How much you want to bet? She's going to hate this TV show because it's not going to Okay, do I'm either going to thing. hate it or I'm going to love it. So far, it's looking fabulous, and I think I'm going to love it. Um, but as long as they don't do go sort of truth down that road, I, I, I at least have a lot of hope for that, that it won't go down that road. Do, do we know how many seasons they're going to do? Because I know there's 15 books. 742 seasons of <laughs> Wheel of Time. So... <laughs> I think they're. I think the goal is to do one season per book, mm. and if they one, do that, I'll probably actually finish the series. Then, so one thing that I have heard is that when, um, when Robert Jordan sold the rights for the series to be made into a movie, he didn't realize he wasn't going to like the company that he sold the rights to. And so hopefully this doesn't go down Game of Thrones route because of some of the way they portrayed characters in Game of Thrones would have been exactly opposite of what Robert Jordan wants for his wanted for his book since Robert Jordan passed away. You mean the author for Game of Thrones? No. Okay. So the author for Game of Thrones is different than Robert Jordan, who wrote the Wheel of Time series. Yes. So that's Martin. George R. R. Martin. Yeah. So Robert Jordan was very against intimate scenes and was not. Yeah. There are no actual intimate scenes in his book in his, in the books. So we'll we'll see. He also doesn't have near as much nudity as um, Game of Thrones did. So hopefully they'll keep to less nudity. Well, <laughs> it's Amazon and not HBO. So so Amazon still doesn't. Well, have you watched? Uh, uh, let's see what was it? Well, okay. What I'm what I'm confused about is out of everything in this article, you're wanting to talk about nudity in Game of Thrones. Like, okay. Well. Okay. So why should I get excited for this? I can leave. If no, 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 no. I'm asking, why should I get excited? Well, I'm about to talk about it. If you're okay. <laughs> so I, I, I'm just talking about it. Cause it's something I really like it stuck with me. Cause there were a lot of articles about it, but, um, so both men and women can access the true, the, the one power, the one, the one um, but the male source has been tainted by the dark one. So any man who uses that magic goes insane. And kills everybody, basically. So, yeah. So, the the female, the women who can access it, they're known as the Aes Sedai, right? Yes, the Aes Sedai. I remember that right. Um, when Pretty much whenever they find a man who can access that power, they pretty much, like, put him down. Like, um, they, interesting. Or they, so, they, like, the, the equivalent they would be, like, they, they, the equivalent is, like, basically, like, brain castrating them. They cut off his ability yeah. to touch the source. Interesting. And so that's actually what they constantly do to the prophesied dragon reborn is anyone who says, I'm the dragon reborn who's supposed to save humanity. They're like, oh, we're going to basically just cut you off from your ability to do what you're supposed to do. Well, I'm going to go back to my original quote, which is you're going to hate this TV show. (laughs) I I don't think so. I, I, I have a lot of hope. I was almost... I missed the panel for like the, the, they were going to ask me questions about my, what I like about wheel of time and stuff. 
to influence the series. And, and I was five it. minutes late and I couldn't get in the panel. I was so sad. Well, I, I'm just, I just hope that they'll make it more entertaining, like some of those books more entertaining. Cause I, I got as far as book 11 and I just couldn't. So, I was just, it was so, so slow. I they, couldn't. They I have couldn't. to streamline it. And that will actually be good because they yeah. can't put all of that detail into it. And yeah, so hopefully I'm, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to that part. Cause then I'll actually finish the story. Cause <laughs> I, I, I look at it. Like, here's the thing. I realized I would never finish. I've, I've never picked the series and finished reading it. When I saw the last book in hardcover in the bargain bin at Walmart. So it's a hardcover book, a thousand pages long for five bucks. I looked at that and said, no, thanks. Okay. So, so, I think the TV series is my best bet of actually finishing it. All right. So. <laughs> all right. Moving I'm on. Done with this. Moving on. Michael B. Jordan Superman Project might be coming to HBO Max. Warner Brothers and producer J.J. Abrams are currently developing a new Superman film with writers uh, Tanashi Coates. And it will focus on a black version of the Cal L. Clark Kent Superman we all know. But it's now being reported that there is a separate project in the works that's coming from Michael B. Jordan and his production company, Outlier Society. <coughs> this recently revealed Superman project is being developed for the HBO Max, uh, for HBO Max, and the project will center on the Val Zod incarnation of the character. According to Collider, there is a writer currently working on the script, but there's no info on who it is. It's also being reported that this new Superman project is being developed as a limited TV series. Jordan is not only producing, but he's looking to possibly take on the lead role as well. It's no secret that Jordan has been talking with Warner Brothers about a Superman project in the past, but he has shot down rumors of him being a part of the J.J. Abrams-produced movie, saying, quote, I'm flattered that people have me in the conversation. It's a, it's definitely a compliment, but I'm just watching on this one, end quote. Thanks to an editorial written by uh, Jamie uh, Broadnecks for Black Girl, Black Girl Nerds, we may have some insights into why Jordan is opting to make his own separate project instead of teaming up with J.J. Abrams' uh, produced film for Warner Brothers. She says that, the, that sources told her Jordan has not wanted to engage in conversations about race-bending Cal-El for the same reason many of the fans are pushing back on the current Warner Brothers reimagined version of Clark Kent, but that he would be interested in engaging on a Black Superman project centering on the Val Zod storyline. Uh, she went on to explain how it's tone-deaf for Warner Brothers and DC to race-bend a white character while ignoring the black Superman characters that already exist in the DC universe, namely Calvin Ellis and Val Zod. So if you're not familiar with who Val Zod is, here's a small little background. Uh, becoming the last of his house after his parents' execution by Krypton's court, Val quickly made friends with, orf uh, with fellow orphan Kara Zor-El, Moments before and moments before Krypton's destru destruction, Val, Kara, Kal-El, and another child managed to escape and survive their planet's destruction thanks to Jor-El and Lara. Uh, through his trip, Val was educated by his parents' knowledge recorded on his capsule, teaching him that violence was the worst way to overcome issues, driving him to become a pacifist. So, what do you think? 
I think that uh, Jordan is amazing. I think that not only is he he a great actor, I think that every interview I've seen with him, it it makes me suspect there's a whole lot we're going to see from him over a very long time. And I think if he's producing this, if he wants to star in it, that would be great. I think that I think that he has a a a great gift for cinema, and I I, I want to see him explore this. This would be a perfect, uh, um, not the word I'm looking for, but this would be a perfect vehicle for that. I should say, um, I would I would be really interested in seeing this played out. Um, because it's not a storyline I'm familiar with. I, I knew a little bit about it, but it would be great to see this play out in a, in a short run series. I don't know if it will tie into the larger DC EU. I would hope that it would. Um, but yeah, I would really love to see something like this. I think it would be great. And I trust Michael B. Jordan's, um, you know, what he might bring. I, I, I think it's his to, it's his to lose. Right. Because I think he comes comes into it with a with a stacked deck and um, for the better, and there's a lot of trust in in what he would be able to bring. I I'd like I'd love to see it. Yeah, yeah. What would you guys think of the comments about the race bending and how he only wants to do the the black Superman iterations? I mean, I think that kind of makes sense, honestly. Yeah, I think that I, I think that makes great sense. I think he I I think he's taken the the right approach what do you think check that that's that's what i was gonna say i i like the idea of like instead of trying to do a because it was like the same storyline just you know casting with the black actor instead i like it that i like the idea more of like hey i'm gonna explore this other storyline that ties into superman as well yeah so, yeah i'm all for that i'm like, like just because i'm so tired of the same thing over like superman and spider-man and batman they all go through this like they always like they, they always say the origin story. story. It's always the same origin story. And even when they make TV shows of it, it's still the same origin story. So I like this, that it's like, hey, we want to do this aspect of it. We're just going to do this different storyline that's in the same universe with the same characters. Yeah. So thank you. Yes, a, let's get A pacifist new. Superman sounds pretty Yeah, I want something new, and this sounds excellent. So I, I like this idea. That, that's pretty much exactly what I was going to say. So any, yeah. anything that's a new storyline... Anything. Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on. Amazon Studios has landed the rights to J.R.R. Tolkien's Silmarillion and the Unfinished Tales of Numenor and Middle-Earth. So Amazon Studios' upcoming The Lord of the Ring TV series is taking place in the second age of Middle-Earth, leaving many fans wondering if they would be pulling stories and information from J.R.R. Tolkien's The Silmarillion and un- and The Unfinished Tales of Numenor and Middle-Earth books. Well, it turns out they may. They just will. And according to the OneRing.net, Amazon has acquired the rights to the stories in these books. Uh, from their website, according to the report, quote, for the first time ever, elements and passages from The Silmarillion and Unfinished Tales are licensed by Amazon Studios for this adaption. We broadly speculate those are sections of the book relative to Numenor and the Rings of Power, including full rights to stories licensed in the appendices of The Lord of the Rings, which already mentioned Numenor and much more. Actors had posted Instagram pics from Slim over the last 18 months. 
excuse me, these elements will allow for the creative team behind Amazon's Lord of the Rings series to cover major moments from Middle Earth's history, including the forging of the rings and the creation of the orcs. Peter Jackson did try to get the rights of these books at one point, but as you might already know, Tolkien's estate was not happy with Peter Jackson's versions of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit films, and they showed no interest in licensing Tolkien's remaining Middle-earth stories to him. At one point, Jackson even said, I don't think the Silmarillion will go anywhere for quite a long time. Well, according to this new report, Tolkien's estate is said to be very happy with how things are progressing with the Amazon series that's being developed. They are much more involved with this project than they were with Jackson's. Uh, so, so there you have it. The Silmarillion and the Unfinished Tales of Numenor and Middle-earth. Yeah, I'm, you know, I will say this. So I've read the Silmarillion, and I feel like that is kind of like my stamp of, yes, I'm a Tolkien fan. Because the Silmarillion is like the history book of Middle-earth. Mm-hmm. But, um, so there are some parts that were really slow and hard to get through. And I read this like in high school. Yeah. Um, with the Lord of the Rings movies coming out, that kind of kicked me into it. You know, I read Lord of the Rings, I read The Hobbit, read The Silmarillion. And then a few years after that, The Children of Hudun came out. And so I read that too. But, um, like there were parts in The Silmarillion that I was like, this would make a great movie. Like, and especially if the Amazon TV series is focusing on the second age. Mm Mm-hmm where it's like the rings of power being created and all that. I was like, that was, that was a bunch of cool stuff going on there in a Silmarillion. And even then in like part of the first stage with Morgoth, the mm-hmm. first yes. before Sauron, that's a lot of cool stuff. So if they, I think it's cool that like we could potentially see that on film, all these cool things and like more about Numenor and all that. Like I'm, I'm kind of down with this. I'm like, give me more Lord of the Rings. Like I've been meaning to do a Lord of the Rings marathon and I keep forgetting to. I really want Do you think to. Amazon will eventually get to remaking the Lord of the Rings movies? They don't um, – um, Amazon doesn't have the rights to Lord of the Rings. It's still with um, the studio. Cinema, yeah. yeah. Cinema. I, and, and even then, even if they do get the rights, I don't want them to. Like, yeah, the Tolkien estate may not be happy with Peter Jackson's, but, you know, it's like I, – I personally – like, if anything, I'm like, The Hobbit could have been done better, but – Okay. You know. If they're going to go there, <laughs> if they're um, going to remake yeah, like, something, let's wait like fifty years at least. Yeah. Can we do that? Yeah, yeah. You know, but I'm just like, if you got the rights to the Silmarillion, you have so much content right there. Don't even worry about Lord of the Rings yeah. and the Hobbit. Like, don't go there again. There is so much you have in just the Silmarillion, and the Silmarillion, like, it doesn't even go in. It like kind of touches on the Hobbit. Like it mentions like, and this is what this happens next, but it doesn't go into those details because Tolkien had the whole stories for that. Like, mm-hmm. so I, I'm like, if you have those, like focus on those stories. Like you yes. have so many right there. D- you don't need to worry about Lord of the Rings. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Let's talk some G.I. Joe. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park. And that bell means it is time for our main event. Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins, 
who have hit that podcast subscribe button. We really, really appreciate you. Help us get the word out. Please tell a friend about the podcast. And I want to invite you to hit the podcast subscribe button if you haven't already. Come on, do it. You'll get plus 10 nerd XP. Nerd XP. All right. So apparently only Amanda and I watched the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're still keeping the COVID stuff close. So we did not. If they had a streaming option, I would have been all over it. And I'm just going to say I'm the only one who watched all no, of the movie. No, give me a break. I, you had Facebook give out. Yeah. And if I had yeah, had my per- phone, I would have taken that as permission to be on Facebook I, as well. But yeah, that's yeah, yeah, beside yeah. the point. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I checked my Facebook for like five minutes, maybe in the whole entire movie. And Amanda's like, you weren't watching the movie. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, I, I'll play. Uh, all these movies. Just I just didn't make it to the theater. I was yeah. All the all the movies at home have gotten me used to like you know just whipping my phone out whenever I want and just looking at things if if I feel there's some downtime, which is kind of a bad way, bad you know way of leading into this. Uh, did <laughs> yeah. I have some downtime? At least our listeners know we're being honest. So I non spoiler non spoiler review the movie. It. It had some slow points, but it was a really solid story. I felt that beautiful, beautiful um, scenes of Japan. Um, so I, I, I enjoyed it, right, but it wasn't amazing. Let's go on spoiler. Okay. Spoiler. All right. All right. This movie uh, was better than I expected it to be. <laughs> But not by a lot. Okay, so <laughs> I I grew up with GI Joe, but I don't remember any of the storylines because hey, I was just American too young Hero. to really remember. GI Joe is there. Okay, <laughs> and so I listening to the trailer for Snake Eyes, <laughs> they give a giant spoiler yeah, yeah. in the trailer. Yeah, the very last thing is the actual like end credit, mid credit scene. 
Yeah. Call me yeah. Storm Shadow. Why, why would you do that? It doesn't make no sense. In the trailer itself, we're going to tell you like one of the biggest things that's going to happen. I looked up some spoilers on on this, just trying to grasp a little bit about what the, the storyline may have been and what was good and what was bad. And that, ten, you know, your your assessment of the film seems to be the consensus of a lot <laughs> of the reviews I'm saying that. You know, it's nothing to write home about. It's good. A lot of people, um, a lot of the things I saw um, mentioned that it was a long wait for the mask, right? Mm, yeah. Because, you know. Um, yeah, the, but it, the, mask they, is, the mask is at the very end of the movie. Yeah, and they said that if, if you know, if you just watch the first hour of this movie, you're not even going to know it's a G.I. Joe movie, really, mm -hmm. yeah. um, during the first hour. But also they said that it sets it up really well for a sequel. Yes. So depending well, on how this does, well, for them to it, face they're, off. They're not setting up a sequel. It's obvious what their intentions are. They're trying to set up a, a G.I. Joe Avengers-like universe. Let's do let's do Snake Eyes, and then we'll do it with somebody else, and then we'll bring and, them all together for a G.I. Joe movie. And they introduce the girl in his film so they can have her also show up in the other guy's film. Well, I mean, if you think about it, the G.I. Joe, I mean, it is a team, right? They are yeah, a but, team, but, the, so. but, 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 but they're not at that point in this film. They're just showing how they all got together, basically. Yeah, they're, they're, they're doing backstories for everyone. All right, so, so let, me, let, me say, let me say this. Okay, so um, Snake Eyes, the dude, I mean, they start off the movie with him as a kid. And, the, and, and that scene, that opening scene is kind of important because it's like the main motivational point for Snake Eyes. His dad dies, and he doesn't know why his dad's dead. And he doesn't know really who killed him. And the thing that hurts him the most is that he doesn't even know. He, he finds out that his that almost all of the information he has on his dad was like like a fake was 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 fake. And he and he can't he doesn't know who his real dad is. He just knows that he loved him and that and that his dad loved him in return. But now he's dead, and he has and, no way to figure it out. And he has no way of getting an education because there's no documentation for him anywhere. Yeah, so and there's no parent to take care of him. So 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 we have this death scene and we don't really know who it is. And then um and then we immediately fast forward to like modern day. We skip the rest of his life. We don't really know why, but for some reason Snake Eyes can now fight a lot of people at once. He's really good. He's like doing cage fighting. And he gets he gets recruited into the Yakuza. I guess I'm just gonna spoil the whole movie for you, <laughs> so you guys. Yeah, can, well, this is the spoiler review. Yeah, so I'm gonna spoil the whole movie so that way you can have some time. So so he gets recruited into the Yakuza, uh, and he's doing just and, a, a few things for them. Not not a lot. And they're promising him that they will help yes. him kill his dad's killer. Well, well, they'll help him find the dad's yeah. killer because he because the Yakuza can find out who this guy is. So, anyways, long story short. The Yakuza finds out that somebody within the ranks is actually a spy, and that's the uh, Storm Shadow dude. And so they take Snake Eyes, they give him the gun, they're like, hey, kill this dude, prove your loyalty type of thing. And he doesn't shoot him, and then Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes team up, and they fight like a hundred people at once. And, <laughs> and the uh, two of them take them all out, no problems. And... Um, and they eventually, 
Storm Shadow takes Snake Eyes back to his clan in Japan. He's like, dude, you helped save me. You're now going to be part of, you're going to be my so, brother. We're going to train you as a full out ninja. Storm Shadow's name at this point is Tommy. He's not Storm Shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the heir to this really wealthy family. Mm-hmm. It sounds like he's what he calls himself like a prince to his family. Yeah. Uh, his, it, it looks like his family at one point had been a, Jackie, you'd be so much better at this if you had seen that movie. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. But he, he's the heir apparent of the of the of the ninja it, clan. Like, it, it, I'm trying to remember what the factions were called uh, back. Uh, it, ninja clan, shogun type era. Okay, anyway, anyway, so like, anyway, so, 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 the shoguns. Yeah, so, so, he, it, so it'd be kind of similar to like the heir to like a yeah. shogunate. Tommy yeah. brings okay. in Snake Eyes because he he trusts him now. And uh, and he's and and Storm or Snake Eyes doesn't really have a home, and so he's like, "No, you're gonna be my home." And the the future of our clan depends on uh, me finding people outside of the clan already to help us grow and all that. So that's part of the reason why he wants Snake Eyes there. But anyways, um, but here's where things got interesting. This is where I thought was was interesting. Is Snake Eyes is still loyal to the Yakuza? He's actually a spy. And so this whole thing seems to be a setup by the Yakuza to get him inside the clan and to get the clan to mostly trust Snake Eyes because... Hence, hence the Yakuza threw 100 people at them, but it was just to make them feel like, oh, wow, we did so, this amazing thing. And it was actually planned for them to get away. So the uh, so what ends up happening is the whole reason that, that they want Snake Eyes in there to begin with is because like the leader of the Yakuza is a... Uh, was a former member of the clan family. And, and was like the competitor yeah. prince and, and he failed. And he got sometimes. he got kicked out of the clan. But because he was in the clan, he knows that there's like this secret red uh, floating rock thing that if you hold the rock and you look at something, whatever you look at basically disintegrates. Like or it, spontaneously or combusts. explodes. It's like the ultimate power. And he wants this thing and he wants to steal it from uh, the clan. And so, so he gets Snake Eyes on the inside, um, and Snake Eyes actually helps steal this um, this rock for the Yakuza dude. But in the meantime, one of the women in the clan, who's the head of security, falls in love with him. No, not really. She hates him. <laughs> she rescues him from certain depth. She, She's totally into him. Yeah, but she hates him the whole movie. Anyways... So that was a flip for her character. Well, which didn't she really hated make sense. him, but then once she understood his sad past, she grew to love him. Okay. Anyways, anyways. Um, so you get those feminine story arcs where they hate the guy and they fall. So, so, so yes, it was totally one of those. So, totally one of those. So when, when ten days, <laughs> when Snake Eyes hands over the red floaty orb thing, um, the Yakuza does give Snake Eyes the uh, his father's killer. And and so you, you know, Snake Eyes like on the verge of like trying to kill this guy, and he and and but he doesn't know why he killed his dad. Like, why did you kill my dad? Uh, and he's like, well, when Cobra gives you an order, you follow it. And just before then, he found out that the Yakuza that he was working for is actually p- a part of Cobra. And so they so, weren't a part of it, yes. but they were working closely with Cobra. So so basically, so yeah. basically, Snake Eyes is now in a position where he realized that he's been working for the very people that ordered his father's death. 
And so now he's like 100% good guy because now he has to destroy Cobra. But on the other end, since since Cobra now has the, uh, the, stone. the stone and they're like blowing the place up, the only way to like defeat this guy was uh, Tommy, Sh- Storm Shadow. He has to, he basically gets the rock and he has to use it. And because he uses it, it was against the clan's uh, code. Like, code. They were only supposed to protect it. They were to never use it. And because he used it, he lo- he lost his birthright. And as- I'm gonna pro- I'm gonna he say lo- he didn't have to use it. He wanted to okay. use it. But he lost his birthright as the next heir of the clan, and he gets kicked out of the clan himself. And so now Storm Shadow is super mad at Snake Eyes, and uh, and 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 that scene in the trailer, you hear him. He says, "Call me." Storm Shadow now. So then Tommy becomes Storm Shadow. And at the end of the movie, Snake Eyes, you know, because he, because now he's a good guy, and the clan's all cool with him, even though he's the one that messed messed everything up. They give him his Storm Shadow ninja suit, and now he's on his, his way. Snake Eyes ninja suit. Yeah, Snake Eye ninja suit, ninja, ninja suit, and now he's on the way to try to f- save Tommy and bring him back. So that's where they left off. Is, is, is Storm Shadow's all, I hate Snake Eyes. He, he made me lose my uh, my clan. And then and then Snake Eyes is like, I have to find Tommy. This is all a misunderstanding. And that's the whole movie. We just spoiled the whole movie for you guys. With so him. you think they'll follow it up? <laughs> um, What's the female Joe character's name? I don't know. Um... <laughs> She has red hair. Baroness? No, no. Baroness. Baroness no. does make an appearance. Yeah, she, but she's a villain. I will consult IMDb on this. The, uh, the 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 actress that they had to play Baroness, I actually really liked her. I thought she was one of the more interesting actresses uh, in that movie. Everything else was kind of like I don't know. The, the, uh, or, uh, although I will say the actors they got to play G, uh, Snake Eyes in Storm Shadow, Tommy, the both actors, of, yeah, they did phenomenal. Both of them job. were they really, were both really good. Really actress. So the actress that came up with the other people, um, her character's name is Akiko. Oh, so Akiko, Akiko is the one who falls in love with Snake Eyes. Okay, Guys. but then there's the Baroness and Scarlet. Scarlet. Yeah, the actress that played Scarlet. Three that have prop, prepped uh, up. Apparently, her name is Samara Weaving. Yeah. Yeah, Samara Weaving plays I, Scarlet. I'm sorry, but Samara Weaving is so skinny. I mean, she looks like a leaf that like that would be blown in the wind if, if the wind blew too hard. There's no way that she's like this ultimate like super warrior. Uh, it's kind of how Jack and I have described in the past why it was um, uh, uh, Cara Dune's yeah. actress. Uh, what was her name? Uh, uh, anyway, but her her body type was solid. Like you could tell, she could take a hit. Yeah, and so they Gina just, Carano. Gina Carano. They need more actresses with Gina Carano's body type that can like yes. show that they can take. They it. can take a hit. Yeah. 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 So. All right, so what, what did we think of the movie? Uh, it was it, better than I expected it to be, but but not by a lot. It's, well, it's based based on like your... you, you have like really high or really low expectations, and that's very why. low. It sounds like it was very low expectations, so that's why you were kind of like, yeah, it was better than I expected. Yeah. Based on your assessment, I I would still watch it when it hits when it hits streaming. Here's here's a good point of reference, though. Maybe let's let's take that movie. 
Mm-hmm. And let's put it right next to another martial arts movie we may have reviewed uh, more recently, Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah. So if you compare those two, um, compare the compare them on different levels. Like, what do you think as far as fight choreography, as far as storyline strength? Well, I think Snake Eyes has a significantly better storyline strength. Well, yeah, that is true. Well, significantly it, But it's better. only because of the twist with Snake Eyes being the bad guy. Up, up until then, it seemed like a very linear story that we might have seen four or five other times in various films. Nevertheless, Mortal Kombat's plot line, like, hangs on a thread, and I don't even know if the thread's even there anymore. It was that thin. Mortal Kombat didn't need a plot. It needed fatalities, and they did that perfectly. Yeah, but but we're we're comparing plot lines, and there almost wasn't a plot for Mortal Kombat. in, In all honesty, the biggest issue I had with Snake Eyes was the action. Yeah, the action was actually phenomenal. The uh, the stunts, everything, the fight scenes themselves. I mean, you could tell that the actors went through a tons of ninja training, which I actually confirmed earlier today. But here's my issue with the action: is that they would fight scenes that really only needed to be maybe maybe two minutes max. They would drag out for like five, six, seven, eight minutes. And the times that I decided to actually look at my Facebook page that Amanda was complaining about earlier. I want to point out, he claimed earlier he'd only been on it for five minutes and he just admitted to multiple hits on Facebook. Anyways, the times that I was on Facebook was actually during the action scenes because I was kind of getting bored because of how long these action scenes were and how like completely unrealistic they were. And and I'm okay with unrealistic action scenes because it's a movie and it's GI Joe and it's a little bit of fantasy, but but what what I what I kind of rolled my eyes about was early, like I said earlier in the film you see like like fifty people on one, and you're like oh, all right well if that's if that's how they're going with it okay but then towards the latter end of the movie you would see the same character Snake Eyes taking on fifty people earlier getting beat up by two people. Two people. And I'm scratching my head going like, all right, dude, I just watched you like without a sweat taking out 50 people. How in the world are you getting beat up by two people on this little like, you know, truck bed now? Like, did, did, it's, did it's you forget how to fight? fight? It's the pre-boss fight. You, <laughs> the, the pre-boss people, the henchmen are 10 times harder than anyone else you're yeah, going to I guess. Including the main baddie. So, it's basic video game stuff. What one thing I loved about Mortal Kombat is they were very open with the fact that yeah, we're not really going to give you guys much training. We're going to give you as much training this little space of time as possible. But there's not much training. You're just a- SOL. But in this movie, they're like, we're going to have three challenges for you, and people train their whole lives to do these challenges, and they're really important. And we're going to give you like days. And you're going to well, be able to do these amazing like challenges or whatever. Well, it's because he's with like no already, training. Well, it's because he's already a ninja somehow, and they okay. don't really explain yeah, that. But. but the whole thing is, it's not about necessarily being a ninja. They, these are mental and emotional things that you're supposed to prep for. And they're just like, well, we're not going to give you any training. We're just going <laughs> to throw you out there and go. Well, wow. let's see how well you go in like three days. Yeah, but Snake Eyes, and you can die from these Snake Eyes. They did ask him, uh, you don't have to do this, 
you can do it when you're ready. So if you don't want to do it, we can walk away. We can come back to it later. And they asked him, like, do you want to do it? Are you ready? And he says, yes. And we and we realize the only reason he's saying I yes. I think I blinked and missed this no, part. No, no, no I don't have. remember. But, but, but the only it reason. It was like he, that small. The only reason he's saying yes is because he wants to speed things up. So that way he can get access to that, you know, red floaty orb thingy. So. Does the red floaty orb thingy have a name? No. No, I never say it. <laughs> it probably does, but well, I, it, it, I blinked and missed the name. In all honesty, I was trying to figure out, like, what? why are they introducing this, like, red floaty orb thingy? Because up until this point, the movie was kind of, you know, grounded in, in a little bit of reality. And then, when, and then when they bring out the red floaty orb rock thing, then it starts going a little, like, fantasy sci-fi-ish-ish. And so I'm like, why would they introduce this? And the only thing I can think of is, like, you know, in some of the G.I. Joe, you know, cartoons, you know, you got Cobra, like, shooting, like, red lasers and things. Maybe this orb, they break off little pieces, put it in the guns, and they can start shooting, like, you know, lasers or something. That's the only thing I can think of. Here's a question regarding Snake Eyes. Is he strong enough to make it into the next superhero SmackDown pool to be drawn from? Yeah, but you guys need to see the movie first. <laughs> I mean, we need to know how to talk to these people. Um, yeah, I mean, Snake Eyes could. Yeah. Um, so I have a question because G.I. <laughs> Joe to me, I thought it was just like a phrase in an action figure series things like the little toy army people on Toy Story. Mm-hmm. I thought that was G.I. Joe. Like oh, that no. G.I. <laughs> Joe encompassed all those things. So... Mm-hmm. Who or what exactly is G.I. Joe? Is that like a <laughs> or is that a person? Like, this is a very honest question. G.I. Joe was a comic book series. And, you know, it started with like eight inch uh, yeah. action figures way back when. Like, I don't know when the first G.I. Joes came out, but it was well before I was born. Was okay. But then they evolved into a cartoon. And that's when it really caught on. And I was probably eight or nine. So I don't recall a lot of the storylines, but I remember being really into it and having the action figures and all of that stuff. And the only thing that even bothered me about the cartoon back then was that every time an airplane would get shot down, the person would parachute out like <laughs> be these yeah, big right. fights, and they would, you know, and then at the end of every episode, they had like this public service announcement. And, you know, that's where, you know, and knowing is half the battle, you know, that's where that comes from. Okay. So I've been meaning to ask this question. So I just Googled it. What does GI Joe even mean? And here is the official, what it means. It's government issue Joe. It's just your standard military guy is what it's supposed to mean. Government issued Joe. <laughs> Cause and, I've also heard of like GI Jane. So, that so was- yeah. And, G.I. Joe's, I I think where the comic comes from is they were called, like, I remember watching things about um, the Korean War and they were called Joe's. Everyone was called Joe's. And I think that might have become a joke among the soldiers Mm. of government issues. It's your government issue Joe's coming in to help you get out. Um, I, I don't know. I think, I'm it, making I think stuff it was up designed just for the toys. And, and Is that where GI comes from? Well, and so, but it was a thing before the toys, before the comic book was GI was Joe's. 
And I wonder if that it became a phrase in the military during the Korean or Vietnam War. And that's where uh, the comic book comes from. I don't know. But uh yeah and i understand it better now (laughs) yeah because people um the uh, soldiers in vietnam were called gis yeah i got i got galvanized iron or gastrointestinal from uh from history.com the origins of this popular nickname are somewhat murky a popular theory links the term to the early 20th century when gi was stamped on military trash cans and buckets the two-liter abbreviation stood for the material from which these items were made, galvanized iron. Later, the definition of GI broadened, and during World War I, it was used to refer to all things Army-related. According to Origins of the Specius, I don't know, Myth and Misconceptions of the English Language by Patricia T. O'Connor. Hmm. According to government issue. Yeah, Wikipedia, government issued, general issue, ground infantry, galvanized iron. See, and I'm coming from, like, my parents being EMTs and my mom having a medical history where I hear GI and I think, like, gastrointestinal yep. tract. You know? <laughs> that's the more so I'm just one like, one. so this was, like, it's like, I, you know, I, yeah. I obviously know. I'm like, that's not what it means. But whenever I hear GI, like, that's the first thing that pops in my mind. My, yeah. My, uh, I was going to say, my mom would not let me watch GI Joe when I was a kid. So, what? so the only time I could watch G.I. Joe is when I basically sneaked it by her. Really what it comes down to is Austin joined the military at 17, I think, to spite his mother who tried to keep him from all weapons as a child. G.I. Joe was the most kid-friendly <laughs> violence as a kid. Nobody ever died. Like, literally no one ever died. The plane would explode. The missile, boom. And you did see, like, this parachute yeah. coming down. And they had, like, these... Like these little moral lessons. It was like, you know, you guys remember the claymation, David and Goliath? Yeah. That, uh, you know, it was almost as wholesome as that. And knowing is half the battle. Well, that was the best part of it. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Amanda. Or, or, I mean, and I spoiled it for you guys. So you guys, I guess it's uh, to you as well. But like, based on what you heard, Amanda, based on what you've seen, do you think there's enough there to warrant a real... Um, to warrant a real G.I. Joe universe moving forward? Because it's obvious that this one's being set up in a very Marvel Avengers MCU way. I'm not opposed. I think it could go well. Um, I don't see this being any less of a storyline than some Marvel movies. Yeah, I don't. I mean, based on what you've told me and what I've seen before regarding G.I. Joe, it seems that... Yeah, so the answer to your question is yes, because there are appetites for all different types of, of cinema out there. Yeah. Some people just want some fighting. They don't really care about the storyline, maybe a little bit, just enough to keep the thread going. You know, so I think absolutely. I think, you know, if we set our bar to be Marvel, then we're kind of setting everything else up to, you know, I don't necessarily want to say fail, but that's a pretty high bar. So yeah. I think that I think yeah I think absolutely and I plan on seeing this. Um, I just they, yeah I think. <laughs> well, sorry, I just don't sorry think it will have boiling it for you. Well, I'm, all I'm going to say is yes, you plan on seeing it, but you're not going to see it in the theater, which is what they use as the metric to whether they're going to make another one or not. 
well, you know what? They're going to use that metric to see if they're going to make another one or not, or they're going to use that metric to say we're going to release in theater and streaming option. Yeah. True. Or they're going to be like, well, that just was pandemic suckiness and yeah. make another one anyway. Yeah. I mean, they'll either accommodate it or they won't, you know, I don't have an emotional investment in yeah. it. Um, yeah. And that was a problem for the movie. I'm just as my last thought was I had a really hard time emotionally investing in the characters and it kept me from really connecting with the storyline. Hmm. All right. Well, Jekka had to go run a few minutes early. She got to go pick up her mom, which I'm going to take that as a cue for us to hit this button right here. There we go. All right. Hey folks. Thanks so much for joining us on another adventure of super nerd podcast. Hit that podcast subscribe button and leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Cast, or wherever else you find us. Next week, we're going to be talking Superhero Smackdown 7. Yeah. (laughs) If you want to talk nerdy to us between now and then, make sure to leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash super nerd podcast and you just might be featured on an upcoming show you can also email us your thoughts at super nerd podcast at gmail.com you can find us on facebook instagram twitter search super nerd podcast give us a like give us a share and tell a friend about us but from all of us at super nerd podcast stay nerdy my friends have fun later following you for some time. Do I know you? I know you. Snake eyes. All my old in the shadows. Back and forth, but my mind stays sad. All the demons they can't know. Keep my past like a scarlet letter, no. All the glory been lost in time. There's no way I could change my mind. But this destiny chooses shine. So I Voices within Some things we can't unlearn But move with the wind And you never will be heard Roll the dice, it's time to play All the cards you fold away This is a warrior built to last I last, oh Like a war, run through the night Smell the blood, I come alive I'll never be turning back Found my hope behind the mask The three challenges in the lockdown? Never sought for the guidance Invitation to take this sword away Breaking all of the silence Come so far for revenge it's all to say All the glory been lost in time There's no way I could change my mind But I'll stand on my own tonight Voices within Some things we can't unlearn But move with the wind And you never will be heard Roll the dice, it's time to play All the cards you fold